on this week of the Thursday Thick, we get into it. We talk about QR codes, the service industry, whether or not restaurants will survive and how they do survive. And then finally, we finish it up with the American dream. What is the American dream? I don't even know anymore. We're totally, I I don't even know. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back. This is the Thursday Thick second week. Jonathan, let's hear the music. Cue it up. Oh, yeah. So what are we going to get into this week? I don't week? know. We've been experiencing something out there. I think we're going to talk about it. When we go out to eat, there's no more menus anymore. Mm. You're right. What do you, you have to scan the menu. You have to scan a piece of paper. You're not allowed to have pieces of paper with food food on it, but you're allowed to have the piece of paper on it with the scan thing on it. And then you take a picture of it with your phone, and then it pops up a link, and then you click on the link, and you only have 8% battery left on your phone. Dude. And you're like, oh, my God, this is the drink menu. I have to flip the piece of paper over and take a picture of the menu on the other side to get the food. <laughs> and not to mention... I was born in 1952, so, like, I got to, like, put my readers on, and I can't see the screen. I'm like, oh, I thought, is this chicken tenders or caprese? It's too bright. It's, it's like, oh, my God. <clears throat> I mean, we we gave up the flashlights at the table. Now we have menus. I don't understand. Now it's, like, crazy. I don't understand. You have, you're handling this menu with this, what do they call those? QR code. You, you're handling a menu with a QR code. You're still touching it, right? They still hand them out to the same number of tables. Why can't they just hand out a fucking menu? Well, it just sits on the table. They don't, like, bring it. But everyone touches it. <clears throat> Dude, I... You know it's going to come come out of this? Digital menus on the table that, like, scroll themselves. They're just there. What do you mean, like a hologram? Like a hologram. Maybe holograms will come out of this. <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a hologram. hologram. There's definitely not going to be a hologram. What maybe. if you don't have a phone? What if you're an anti-phoner? An, uh, an anti-phoner? Yep. Well, so, yeah, that was the thing with me the other night. Ariel and I were celebrating our date anniversary. Mm. Laugh, laugh if you will. It works. Okay. date anniversary. And behind us are sitting, not only are they, like, their first primary language is definitely Russian, not English. So they're back there behind us, and they ha- we're having a great time, and then the waitress comes up, and they were like, oh, what, what is the menus? What the menus? What is the menus? And I was just like, I was listening to them behind them, I was like, shh, page. And they were like, oh, what? and then the waitress had to explain to these nice people that, they had to take a picture with their phone. It took this poor girl <laughs> the better part of, I'll say 10 minutes, but it was probably seven minutes being like, well, look, yep, yep, yep. And like no social distancing. So now like the waitress is like up at the table. She has a mask on, but like the science on the masks, we don't know. No. We wear them, but we don't know. It's just, I'm just like... This is what it's come to. You ever see the guys at the table that used to use the flashlights and they had to get to their bifocals on their glasses? They're always like looking down their nose 
and <clears throat> they got the phone stretched out way far. Dude, that's my dad. You can spot those guys from a million miles away. Yeah, my dad will have the flashlight on his phone. Up by Glasses his face. down. Holding up, and I'll be like, dude, tilt the, tilt the flashlight down, man. You're blinding that people. Like, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> they lift the phone up. I just got to <laughs> see the man. I'll be like, oh, my, oh all right, fine, whatever. Okay. Yeah. I don't think adaptation's good for. Yeah, but what, so the QR code. I think it's a pretty interesting thing. You can. I didn't even know that's how QR codes worked. I thought you had to have the QR app to no. make a Q. But no, you just bring out the camera in your phone, and boom, it pops up a link into your. So I've been seeing these QR codes around the world for five years. Yeah, every no now idea. and then you would see them on like the back of a bus. You would see like a little Zagat square, review. and it would be like this little like digital thing, and you'd be like, "What the hell is that?" And then once I found out what they were, mm. it was a quick link to some redirect. And I was then I would a, start seeing them in places. Redirect. I would start seeing them in places like on billboards, and I'm like, "Who the f- how the f- how, how am I approved? supposed to get up there and scan that?" <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, every now and then you see one on the back of, like, a SEPTA bus. Those are, like, the buses in Philadelphia um, for our out-of-town. Uh, out-of-towners. Thickies. That's what we came up with. Today. Thickies. Thursday Thickies. But if you're listening out-of-town, these QR codes, I'd be like, would you, would you skateboard behind the bus? Like, when do you get a chance to, like, I hope you're not driving on on the highway trying to take a picture of this, like, scan thing right now. But a QR code abbreviated from quick response code is a type of matrix barcode or two-dimensional barcode, meaning up and down or and or right and left. Uh, it came out in 94 for the automotive industry in Japan. Mm. Mm. A machine, a barcode is a machine-readable optical label. We all, we all know what barcodes are. So in China, it looked like they used. It. So it looks like I mean I might be running running ahead here, but I'm not going to read this whole thing. It kind of looks like Japan, some sort of automotive industry, developed this as a technology to help their robots build the cars. In the process, it looks like they scan this thing. Okay, now I go here, like whatever that means. But now we're using it to read menus, people. In, Thanks, Japan. In China. They were using some sort of code system to track people's locations. Mm. So if someone tested positive for the old COVID-19. That would be, I think it's RFID is what that is. It would automatically notify the people that were around them at the time or followed them that they were possibly exposed. And so that they could do trace, contact tracing or whatever it was. Oh, Jesus. And, uh. Radio frequency identification, RFID. This is the technology in your phone that, that like, pinpoints you and allows your GPS to work. Yeah, in the, in the, in the, the RFID. <laughs> RFID. You know, the RFID tag. It's also the same thing in your phone, like, as you approach, uh, like, an Apple Pay. Like, it, it transmits that thing. Mm. So, they're saying that your phone software now has that automatically in the new update <clears throat> i think you have to turn it on but if you go to health you should make sure that's off or else they're tracking your move so let's say you become like infected or somewhere near you it's going to like know exactly where you were and who you were with well didn't we in our one meeting that week i should didn't i show you how you have to shut off your locate like there's a yeah. way you go up in your yeah. phone now they have a health one under the health it's like 
Do you want to turn on the COVID tracker? Anyway, we'll have another podcast on how to shut that off. Maybe you'll do a quick eight-minute one on how to keep yourself safe on the cell phone. So I think this whole idea of having things that you can scan for quick reference is a good idea. I do think it opens up a lot of tracing and tracking uh, things that they weren't anticipating, like unanticipated consequences or someone's anticipating those consequences and doing it on purpose. You know what I mean? Like I'm not biting on that. I don't uh, give a no, shit. I, 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 I don't, I don't care, care either, but I'm saying that <laughs> it's just another way for them to like geo track your location the whole time. No, I completely agree. There is a way to shut that off in your phone. Yeah. And what you shut off is kind of like, and I'm not promoting any sort of like crime or anything, but when I read up on this, a lot of like security or military people are told to shut this off on their phones. It, it basically your phone keeps a log of like your location like hard locations it's, like it's, it's like when you stop yeah, yeah so like there's a way to to tell your phone that like hey phone couple we don't want you to do that a couple anymore. apps don't work so you do have to turn it on when you're using ways it it ways won't work without it I it tried it. Seems to be no. It won't work with Waze. Like I turned off all the location services for uh, everything. Well, yeah, the location. I'm saying like I don't want oh. it to keep track of my shit. Yeah. yeah It'll yeah. allow to if an app needs to be like, hey, where are you? While I'm using the app, I always have it selected as where to use the app. But the QR codes versus the RFID thing. It's getting thick out here, people. Um, Yo. I think there's going to be a lot of transformations across the board in how we do a lot of things and how we serve like clients and things like that. So there was a lot of technologies, and we talked about this on the Corona Nation podcast. I think that was episode nine. We got into like technologies or emerging things that would kind of just explode and take advantage of like these new market conditions. And you have like companies like, um, for one, you have Caravana. Right. That like vending machine for cars. thing for cars. I'd always like, I'd always drive past that and I would see, and I'm like, what, what is, is it going to take? I knew it was a good idea. And I'm like, but what is it going to take for that idea to really pop so that that is the norm? Corona. Corona came along and now it's like, I'm sure Carvana is clearing orders because nobody wants to go into a car dealership and like talk to a person anymore. So what's your take on new companies becoming successful because of the status we're in and then old companies being propped up by government funds or grants or PPP loans or whatever that in the future, if habits don't go back, they're going to be bankrupt anyway. Yeah. But that's a, that's a difficult, that's a difficult question to answer. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm two sided on the whole PPP money thing. Multi-sided, actually. It's not even just a two-sided thing. A lot of that money went to people that just don't need it or didn't deserve it or people that don't have really have employees or have, like, these shell companies. Yeah. But that's a different topic. There's a lot of businesses that accepted PPP money that needed the money because of corona. And then there's a lot of people that accepted the PPP money or applied for it that needed the money, whose businesses needed the money, because of corona, but corona is what exposed 
whatever like these companies were already teetering so like corona was just like the nail in the coffin for them anyway and this ppp money came through and was like hey here you go continue failing a little longer instead of just being like organic about it and you know what like i've thought a lot about it i thought about it on my drive in this morning i'm like what could they have done to filter that out like there's no quick assessment you can make to own like everybody's diverse yeah. business because you have like restaurants you have our businesses someone, different. someone else would have had to become accountable for that money other than the person who took it so they would have had to have had like a sponsor yeah or like a support system or had somebody sign off on it because i think if you had some then checks, you had players it's i, just, I understand it's, messy. I, it's all messy the whole thing but i the, what i'm talking about is let's say let's say the uh there's an industry that you use before uh, okay, for example, uh, let's say suit fitting because Men's Warehouse just declared bankruptcy. Okay. Before to get suits, and when you go to Men's Warehouse... like the fifth time. Yeah, Men's Warehouse is a horrible place to get fitted because they suck at fitting and they have, like, crappy suits. But now they have apps that are completely transformed fitting of clothes. They can, like, scan you and, like, they can even scan my big ass and send me clothes that fit. Mm-hmm. So it removes the whole like idea of like a brick and mortar store for suits. But let's say Men's Warehouse went and got a loan and they're kept it alive. But it's like, look, your industry has died because people's habits are changed, and that may be like a bad example. But I'm saying the the there are some businesses with the new habits, like with Amazon and everyone having a Prime membership now that no longer will be exist even after the, I, the threat of Corona is gone. I get what you're saying. So I think. And we so how laissez-faire are you on that? I think we and we might not have ever talked about this on the podcast, but I know that we've talked about this a lot. That we really we we saw the disappearance of like the retail space in ter- in terms of like the mini malls, yeah, and then the the actual malls like Oxford Valley Mall near us is dude that's perfect gone. malls gone. like gone like. No one in a mall store should have gotten a fucking PPP loan. Nobody goes to malls anymore. It's 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 definitely showing a trend towards going down. Like malls everywhere are like yeah. re- being and repurposed or yep. whatever. So you have you have situations like that. But going back to what I was saying about like what we discussed in you know in history of our relationship is the mom and pop mentality isn't a mentality like or it's a mentality that could be applied to a corporate company like Men's Warehouse. So I think to answer your real question, companies are going to have to adopt the quality and relationship type selling that once was in order to thrive in this new market. I don't even, I don't necessarily know if it's really like the new emerging technology predicting what that is. We, We already have those things. We have Amazon, um, you have Butcher Box. You you can order your razor online. Like you literally can get everything with just like a click. Yeah, quick, quick. That's click. what I'm saying. So like, it all those things already exist for us for like businesses to thrive. But the old style of businesses need to start taking the customer service end of things so much more seriously than yeah. before. Yeah, like you're not buying skis online. You're going to go to someone who knows skis as like an expert right perhaps you do maybe the first time you go or maybe you go and you you go and you check them out and then you go 
the second time you buy skis, you're like, well, I already know what I wanted. Mm. That was such a pain in the ass process. Bike. Buying a bike because you're a cyclist. Yeah. You, you ain't buying a bike online. N- no, no, no real cyclist is correct. You're, you're going correct. to, you're correct. going to your, what bike store do you go to? Um, diehard guys, bikes, guys, bikes, Newtown. Shout yeah. out. No, uh, damn, not Newtown, South Southampton, Hampton? whatever it is. Feasterville, yeah, guys, bikes, Road Feasterville, Street Road. Um, Get it. But the, if you're a serious cyclist and you're a serious skier, you're going in and you say, look, I have this bike and I like it except for this. And then the dude with his expert opinion is going to match you and try to like correct the thing. Same thing with buying a gun, right? Mm. You go in to buy a gun and then you get the basic platform or you get the gun that you know or the gun that you want. But then the next gun you buy is like, okay, I have this, but I want this now. And you Because you're an experienced purchaser. You're an experienced purchaser. So as you get more and more experience with skis or whatever, you still want the person you're buying it from to be an expert. And so I think that's the level of service. Sometimes, but you have to think, you have to take into consideration like that serious purchaser who is taking their money into a place and they're like, hey, I want to buy once, I want to cry once, take my money, give me the best product for my situation. Yeah. What percentage of pop the the total purchasing population does that person represent if it's 10 percent, that means that business is playing to a field of people yeah that is not like so it's it, i think it's difficult i think i think we also have to be better purchasers yeah. you know what i'm saying like i don't even think like now that you're saying that like i didn't even think about that before honestly live on the podcast and what 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 are we doing as buyers to make sure that those mom and pop places that we do already appreciate are staying. Yeah. Because if we don't, like, if people if people do already exhibit good characteristics, we need to reward those businesses immediately yeah. so that the other businesses around are like, oh, my God, those businesses are getting, are still thriving. Why are they thriving? It's like, oh, because they they care about their clients. They have relationships in place. People, like, a lot of times we get contacted or at least I get contacted through like our social media platforms, like people trying to help us do our jobs better. And the like a, a typical one would be like house.com. They're like, well, we want to, we want you to pay us to get you leads. Dude. And I'm like, how do you know how I get leads? Because yeah. I, I bet you I get leads better than house.com. The house, they have some automated system where it calls you, it calls you, and it emails you within a five-second fucking window. Of being on the site? No, just... That's your RFID card. There it is. They're tracking you. The fucking thing. Yeah, so I guess bottom line is support your local businesses. If you are a retailer or someone that's struggling, become an expert and let people know you're an expert at something and sell a product as an expert. And you'll have people that come in. I mean, it's kind of what we do with the home building and the in the and the stuff and the in the you know all the stuff that we got going on. If you're not an expert or close to it, then so they might as well just buy houses at Walmart. I don't think I I don't know that I agree in the sense of the expert thing because there's a lot of things that I've been working on in my life for a very long time that I'm still not an expert. No, in. but so like I think what you're trying to say is No, but you, you go to you go to Best Buy to buy. Okay, go ahead. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You go to Best Buy to like not find what you want to buy. Not true. 
you go there, you, you like, you, like I went there the other day for speaker wire for like a project that we were doing. I'm like, oh, they got to have like a huge spool of speaker wire. Dude, they had these little like 25 foot rolls of speaker wire. That's all they had. Like things like that. Like, so I think that. Yeah. Well, yeah. But that's like the online businesses are, are taking even Best Buy those stores out of business. Because how easy would it have been for me to just go on Amazon and get the wire sent that day? If they have same day delivery. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think what the situation here is, and this is something that like I kind of realized maybe four years ago. Like in, in, in terms of realize, like I, I knew it, but it took me to like, I had to really feel it and believe this situation or believe this like fact. And the better you help people, the more money you make. Yeah, I, I or, think that's true. The more people you help, the more money you make. Like, for instance, it's like if you're in, say, you're in One Direction, Justin Timberlake, uh, you're a huge performing artist that has tons of followers. You make a lot of money because a lot of people pay you a little bit. Mm. Like, your album might only cost $10 on whatever website at the time that they're selling. Now you have Spotify and things like that. But, like, those little contributions. Or... You could go on the opposite end of things and say maybe, like, say, for instance, this is a joke, but, like, say Justin Timberlake's voice cured cancer and he only sung to five people a year. He cured five people a year. Those five people he sung to a year would paying be paying a lot, him a lot, lot of money, you know? And I'm not saying you – that's obviously an extreme example. I get what you're saying. So so you have to connect – like if you are if you are in a sales position right now or you're in a small business or in your retail or whatever you're doing, honestly, this could probably apply to like anything just like leadership could. You need to, one, identify your client because if you don't know who you're helping, you're just spinning your wheels. Agreed. So you, you have to identify someone that you can help. So if you maybe you're not an expert in whatever you're doing, but you're like, hey, okay, that person needs, needs me. Help. You don't needs have help. to be you just I have to be passionate. I about have the fundamental things they need in their situation. And then you present it to them. You say, Hey, look, I've identified that you have this problem. Right. This is what I have to help you. For instance, like you you meet a young realtor. Just started out. You you see their Instagram. I'm like, oh geez, oh boy, those listing pictures. You're not selling any houses, pal. They send like the writing with like the fake garland across like the screen, or the young female realtor with like the fake Instagram filters with the sparkles on her face. That's like, oh my god. Are we gonna address this on the listing. podcast? The fact that you went an entire fucking day with a filter on your stories called perfect eyes. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, did you? But dude, it, it looked it, it, it looked almost five, exactly like my eyes, though. That's what Ariel said. The problem it took was. me five fucking stories for me to realize, like, there's something going on here that's weird with Andrew. Like, I don't know what's so going you, on. You know what I what? So like, I realized something was up because my skin. I'm like, why does my skin look like I'm a fucking baby's ass? <laughs> like, my skin's not that perfect. I'm like, what is this thing? What an and then idiot. when you so yeah, and the link was in the top there. Nobody said anything to me. No, I literally was. A, I was like, like oh, I was like, dude, not a, not one person. Andrew's going through something right now. Yeah. Anyway, so I didn't help anybody that day. But what you need to do is fundamentally get back. It's it's so basic, and it's so like once I once I believed in the helping part, like you have to actually want to help people. 
in their specific situation that you can help them. Like if you're just trying to you take people's to money, yeah. if you're just trying to take people's money, you'll read everyone reads right through that. For sure. It just you, you have to you be passionate. Could, because like and for instance like I, I had this argument with somebody one time. They're like, no, no, no. Like a good salesman can like sell anything. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Have you ever gone to like even the high, the most high end car dealership I've ever been in? There's always that one dude that comes up to you first and you're like, dude, get the fuck away from me. I am not buying a car from you, dude. Just get, just, can you just 10 feet? Like he just comes up with this energy that's just so cheesy and like, like you're just like dude you're just you're just trying to get this commission and that's fine like everybody should get paid i'm not saying like you shouldn't get money but if that's their first focus is the paycheck but if he came up to me and he was like oh man this is a young guy he's got a few dollars me what if he came up to you and he stood next to you and he's like dude check out the fucking car like this is you dude could you imagine how much i don't know if it's you but it's me but i work here so i can't afford it but let's talk about these fucking tires (laughs) look at those tires those got some sort of disc brakes. I don't know what they are, but they're fucking green. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you do have to be, and I guess I'll tie it back to the success. I've definitely had not success in selling, but the success I had, you have to, you do have to care. Like, you honestly have to care about the customer because they do see right through it. And I've experienced that in some jobs where you become unpassionate about what you're doing. And you stop caring about the customer and you're just like, dude, let's just make the sale, make the numbers, like, let's move on. I think that's what happens with a lot of corporations is they lose that, that family touch. And so when you do want to help people and that you focus on the product first, which we have said numerous times on this podcast, is if you build and focus and sell a good product, the money and the revenue will follow. And sometimes it helps to, like, change the names of what you're talking about. Like, switching it up. Like, instead of selling a product, like, you sell solutions. Mm. Like, even if that word solution, like, we're selling nice houses and beautiful remodels and things like that. To people. You know what? But when when Big Don sits out on his Zuri deck, like, that man feels a type of way that like he's proud you know what i'm saying like based upon like when you get those emails like and not everybody sends them but every now and then you get a message from a client that like um, on what either like the level you went a little bit higher and they saw it like you were you know shin deep in water in their new basement like and they were like or whatever like i i got a call today we actually had we had an incident where it's a the amount of water coming into a basement. It was an, a house that's not finished. So like no one on here freak out. Yeah, don't freak out. Don't it freak was out. An unfinished it, it, house. The sump pump was running. No power loss. Full blast. Full blast. Could not keep up with the volume of swamp water in the house. From Isai. Isaias. From Isa-ias. the crazy storm. But the homeowner came, they're like, Yeah, man, like this is okay. Like we understand what happened here. He calls me today. He's like, dude. I'm so happy you guys are building our house. I'm so happy that we have this relationship. And he's like, we don't, we don't. Are you making this up right now? No, I swear to God, he called oh, me. Okay. He goes, because I was like, where he, was I? I didn't get no, this. No, he called me today, and he's like, we're we're so happy. Like we chose you, you guys to build our house, and we're so happy. Like the relationship and the openness we have that we can talk out solutions together as a team. Because I was like the first to admit, like I don't understand sometimes what goes on when you factor in a bajillion different things. And I don't expect anyone to expect us to know that. 
And when you get a customer that realizes that not everybody knows everything, but if you can all put your heads together to work out a solution, like this particular homeowner is an engineer, his head works way different than my head. Is a is like a a, a builder, artist, designer, or like however you want to like put all Art, this artists now. Yeah, fuck you. Okay. Art, the moose artists. <laughs> put all that shit together. What I'm saying is I'm less engineering oriented and more touch feel oriented. So you put the two minds together and you come up with really good solutions. So be passionate about what you do. Get the fucking QR code. Get a QR code, right? Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, I think to tie it all together, it was hard to do business as a restaurant before. Where's my fork? Like, I dropped my napkin. The profit margins in the restaurant business are low. Like, everybody... like 10%, I, 8%, maybe. Okay, depending so... Depending like, how much food waste you have. Depending upon how much food waste you have or the style of business, you're running 8 to 13%. 15% if you... You know, well... That's not, we're not going to the pizza shop. Cash talk. money pizza we're shop. not. You didn't hear it here. Um, so when you go out pre-COVID, you go out to eat. You go to Applebee's, wherever you go, you're taking your money out to eat. And you packed. Know, there's a lot of people in there. There's a lot of people in there. There's I a get wait. lemonade. There's you got to hold up your hand. Uh, Waiter comes over at the thousand drinks, drops them off, moves on to the Forgets the next. waters for the third time. Yep. But it's okay. Your experience is mediocre, and that's fine. Because tomorrow night, you're going to go back out and eat again. Because tomorrow night, Saturday night. Yep. Saturday we're going to try a new place. We're going to try a new place. Sushi night. No big deal. So it's not that big a deal. You think about it maybe 15 minutes, put the kids to sleep. You fall asleep watching Dateline. Ooh. Yeah. Now, you don't go out to eat anymore. No. And if you do go out to eat, like like I go out to eat the a decent amount. Special occasion. We order out a lot, but we don't go out to eat a lot. So it's like now we go out on Saturday. So it's like we go out one time a week. And for us, we go out way more than even like, you know, if you're married, if you're married, you have kids. Like you, you might go out even less than what me and Miss Ariel go out. So like your time out is even more important or costly to you. And like, like in your reality, like it's going to, you know, more important. The last time I went out to eat with my family had to be January like 10th. Jeez. Throwback. Whoa. But what I'm saying now is it's even more imperative for these restaurants that are choosing to survive. Like if you're still in business. At 25% capacity or whatever they're at. You're even, you're at less capacity. So the fight is even more difficult. The time now to double down on customer service is here. If you're not, if you're not coming, like even the most basic restaurants, like look at Chick Fil A for instance. The Chick Fil A line for drive-through is around the block. So what do they do? They made two lines. They have somebody out there ordering with an iPad. They come up to your car window. They yeah. talk to you personally. If they're, you know what I'm saying. So like they're boom, 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 boom. You've never seen McDonald's do that ever. No. They might put another second machine You know in. what the first restaurant I found that did that was Bojangles down south? We brought up Bojangles. I literally was driving this morning thinking, I was like, Jonathan needs to stop bringing up things and talking like we all know what the fuck no, he's talking you about. You know what Bojangles? Bojangles. Dude, and we, nobody knows what Bojangles is. Because they were so busy in the line. The line was so long <laughs> that they would have a guy that would like work car to car to car to car. 
to speed up the ordering process so that no one was slow down looking at the menu. Yeah, because their lead time on making the food, so say it takes 10 minutes to turn your order around. Le- less, I think it's If a you're minute. waiting in the car for 10 minutes, if they come down 10 minutes down the line, they're effectively eliminating their 10-minute lag time because by the time you get to the front of the door, your experiential... I would think just that the average... I think the average drive through time has got to be a minute. By the time you order, you go and you pay. Across the board? Across the board. I don't, yeah, I don't know what that information it's, is. It's got to be a minute to two minutes. That's how quick they fucking make food. Because you order, you get to the window, you pay, and usually when you pull up, the food's the food's ready. Uh, according to a new study, wait times for fast food drive through have risen since last year. Customers spend an average of four minutes, 15 seconds from speaker to order window in 2019, about 20 seconds longer four than minutes. in 2018. You're, you know, 400% off, but that's not that big Still a deal. faster than 10 minutes. So what I'm saying is the other night I went out to eat. Yeah, We had the whole QR code experience, but our server... And the experience throughout the whole restaurant was insanely good. Like top notch. Not expecting it. We go to Newtown, date anniversary. I'm not feeling so great. We bail on going to Ross's family's new restaurant. Just going to Newtown. We try to go to Iron Hill Brewery. Mobbed. Hour and a half wait. Because they can't let that many people in? or it would No, they even have even more outside space. Right. Like, they have the most outside space. In it. Just like, they're just packed. Even if they weren't corona times, they would have been packed. Right. So, we're like, all right, well, well, we parked over here by this other restaurant that didn't, like, you couldn't really see into it because the windows were tinted. Like, what's the word? Let's just look at the menu. Look at the menu. Hmm. Okay. This looks pretty good. Right. Let's, let's try it. At which point, the door flies open. I said, come on in. A pretty young lady, nicely dressed. You can, can't can see her face with the mask on, but you know she's, like, taking care of herself. Hey, like, iPad in hand. Like, like would you guys, like, come in? Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, immediately sell, 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 sell. We want you here. Not overly, but, like, you could tell. Like, she was, like, welcoming. Whereas our experience over at the Iron Hill Brewery, and this isn't a knock on them. They were, like, it's just a different kind of place. But it is a knock on them. We walked up to the front and we got the first one. We'll be with you in a second. Oh my god, we're all tending. The person was just oh my god. The next person comes up, who's like the manager. He's wearing a, t- a button up. He, he's oh my god, we're just busy. Do you have a reservation? No. Well, I'm really sorry, but like, and he almost talks to you like you're a fucking idiot. Doesn't yeah. mean to. He's not intending to, he's but just, he, he's, so he's just like, it's just like, okay. And I've been in the bit, I've been he's got in a lot rest- going on inside his head. I'm just like, oh, okay. I'm a little overwhelmed here, Chuck. Chuck. So going back to like, my point is that like, if Iron Hill Brewery doesn't dial it in, they'll probably be okay. Cause of like the volume. It's, and fucking the be- it's a beer place. Yeah. But like, if like, if my experience at was Shelf like on the, Diner. At Shelfont Diner was like, like you can't, you have to, even if you're small, to, nobody has the excuse anymore because even Iron Hill Brewery, although they may have been busy, they were only at whatever capacity they could right. be at. They could have, they could be even more, they need to be even more busy probably to hit that 13 or whatever percent profit. Their profit margins are in half right now. They, they need to be dialed down. Look. We're packed tonight. You have you don't have a reservation. We can't get you in here tonight. But here, take this piece of paper down, and like 
this is how you quick like this is how you get onto our reservation list from your phone like just take a picture of this qr code here it comes again like boom how can i get you in next time so you're saying how do i so create you're tying this like, back to the same thing exceptional service is the only way you're going to survive yeah because here's you can't do it through sheer volume anymore you mm. have to do it through qu- quantity you ha- you, there's no more volume you do it through quality not quantity and I bet a good restaurant can charge more now because there's less people, there's less supply, right? The demand is high because people have been cooped up for a while. I'd be curious to see that at higher-end restaurants, since supply has been cut, how that has affected pricing. Well, it's not be That would be interesting because there would be a supply-demand off-balance there if they didn't increase pricing. And then the people who are used to going there can't get in because it's fucking busy because they didn't raise prices, but demand's up. Yeah. I don't know how they're handling that. There's a lot. I think it's probably varying per restaurant based upon like whatever your margins are. If you're a pasta place, you could have high margins and you might be like, okay with the amount of takeout volume you have but then you have to be pivoting right now if you weren't a takeout place before like say you're a four-star italian restaurant and you weren't you used to do a little bit of takeout now you're doing way more takeout you have to be you have to you have to reassess like before you were okay at doing takeout now you have to be like hostesses i'm sorry you are now takeout servers you have to be bagging well you have to make sure the food's well insulated so it's always warm like you need you need to make sure whatever people used to come and pay top dollar to have in your restaurant they are now willing to pay that same price Without the experience of being in your restaurant. So your food's got to be fucking good. And your service, the little time you have experience with the client, has to be even more impactful. Or they're going to get home and be like, ah, I I paid top dollar for this bowl of pasta. I could have cooked myself this this quality of pasta I could have made myself. I'm no longer in the restaurant for the experience. You just had the fucking best idea. And if we were restaurant tours, we, we would nail this. What is it? When you pull up now, let's just take a sushi place. You pull up. It's busy. You're going in. You're like, I'm here to pick up the call-in order. And they're like, they got a thousand bags. And they're like going through it. I'm a robot. They're going through it. They're trying to find your order. What's your number? And you give me your telephone number. Like, is this it? You're like, no, it's two, one, whatever. All right. And then they find it. But what if you pulled up to a restaurant like Panera? They bring the fucking food to you based on the car you have so when you place your order at panera now you're like dude i got a truck it's silver they just you don't have to say anything you just park and some magic genie walks the food to your car and hands it to you and you just move on what if they did that on a high-end level like a high-end steakhouse where you're paying top dollar and you like pull up and the guy hands you like a stack of plates napkins silverware like i think i think the high-end place is going to go out man so that that was my slide de- demand question. Let's say my favorite steakhouse in this area is Oaks in Easton. Mm. It's a fucking amazing steakhouse. Only go there usually if someone else is paying. Yeah. Okay. The person that usually goes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's usually business or something like I'll swander my way up there. And I would love to treat people, but that's just not the time of like, that's just not the time. But let's say someone takes me up there, and those people that are, you know, let's say they're fairly wealthy and they drive like a Hellcat up there. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. Whether they pay $50 for a steak. Not the car I was thinking. Or $75 for a steak. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, they don't care. They don't care. Yeah. But what they do care about is being the one one of 25% that can be in the restaurant at that time. They want to be taken care of. They want to be taken care of. It doesn't matter the cost. So, Mike, I bet the high-end places survive by just charging more money. So, here's, like, I think the high-end places survive if they can connect the service up a little bit. Like, yes. turn it up a little bit more. And here's why. So, like... Iron Hill Brewery, which is the place we almost ate at, has a 3.4 rating on Google. 23 votes. Right. The place I ate at, which is Solstice, which I'm going to eat at again tonight, and is probably like is a more a way more expensive restaurant, full disclosure, is 4.7 review, 4.7 stars out of 27 reviews. But I am willing to go I'm willing to just not deal with the bullshit. And go there every time I go out to eat, knowing that I'm going to have an amazing time every time. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to build a relationship up with my server so that I have the same server every time I go into the restaurant. Yeah, And then I go in and I hook my server up every time. And then she's going to be like... It's a goddamn hedonic treadmill, dude. You know what I'm saying? So like, It's the opposite of a hedonic treadmill. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like People don't realize that you have to like... When I, like, I don't even know if I said this before on the podcast. I can't remember everything. But when I was pretty young, <laughs> someone told me this dude was pretty powerful for all the wrong reasons. But he told me, you never ask to get paid, which I don't necessarily agree with, but for the, for the story. Okay. You never ask to get paid. If you do your job well enough, I'll look up. From what I'm doing and be like, where is he? Mm. Like if I ha- like, like if your service is in demand so great that like people have to pay, like they are just paying you. You don't even have to ask to get paid. That's when you're doing it right. Yeah. If people yeah. are just like, dude, how, like, look, I don't want to interrupt how well you're doing right now. And we have clients like that. They're not all like that. Like sometimes even if you do a great job, people, it doesn't always connect. No. But there are some people that you know, if you call them up right here now, like, look, like, boom, send you an invoice. They're like, dude, just come, like, don't even send me an, like, just come get the check. Like, here, yeah. just just tell me what it is. Like, I don't even, like, just yeah, keep yeah. going. Work, like, because you, you, we've built that relationship up with them. Mm-hmm. So that was on our end. But them as the purchaser, yeah, we're big. So, like, product, focus on the fucking product. Yeah. Whether your product's being a server, a home builder, a cabinet maker, a, computer guy whatever it is yeah because like ultimately if you're a schemer be the best fucking schemer guy you can be you're a golfer be the best damn golfer you can be if you're an entertainer you better entertain the shit out of people yeah that's like and that that point right there like that to me is the american dream like crushing after like whatever is like the best version like being able to just take it to the sky Dude, we, we had somebody in here earlier that was, like, talking about the American dream. Was he, he's, he's like, the American dream no longer exists. No, no, that's not what he said. The fuck did he say? Dude, so, so he's an immigrant. Yeah. He's, him and, his, him and his boys are from Eastern Europe. And we're always busting him because, he you know, he's made a good life for himself here in America. And, like, he'll go to the beach or 
be out on his boat or like and when we need him to do stuff he'll be like hey man i'm hanging with my kids out on the cell service i don't don't have a self so he's like he's 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 kind of like we joke with him because like well dude you made it now like you don't need to you don't need to work as hard as us blah 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 and he and he was like you know you i tell tell you 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 have the american dream wrong (laughs) it's not it's not it's not like that he's like you guys are wrong on the american dream and i was like how are you gonna fucking tell me andrew america how what's what's wrong about this i I wake up every morning eat sleep and bleed this fucking dream like i'm gonna go straight to the sky and he's like no that's not the dream he goes that's your dream that's like capitalist dream he goes the american dream is being able to like work a good day's work and get paid for it and he goes because most of the world he's like you can go to work and he's like even if you have a corporate job he goes you don't know when your paycheck is coming it might not come on friday it might come in two fridays he goes you don't know he goes, and I'm like, what do you, so I'm like looking at him and I have this like moment of like reflection and he like, he knew it. He knew what he said, like hit me. And I was like, holy shit. I've been looking at this, like I've been looking at people wrong this whole time. Maybe not necessarily wrong, but like in a different, a different set of eyes. I'm trying to give up the whole wrong and right the, thing. Cause the like whole there's, perspective, there's just, there's just different. The world's dream is to do what he's doing. He's on his boat. Five days. He's yeah. He's, he's not ho- Jay Z. He's holidaying, you know. But like, he's doing well for himself. He's doing well for himself, he and, he gets, and he gets the, he's getting paid to vacation. Yeah. Whereas the American dream, you want to argue that you're the harder you work and the more successful you become, you can be anything you, you can want. be anything yeah. you want. But for him, he's like, eh, I got a pretty fucking good. Yeah, he's like, I'm okay. I'm like, I'm okay. I don't, on a Tuesday. I don't need to go any harder than this. Yeah. Like we're we're hit, the level he's at, like it's not it's it's not for me. No, it's I not for never, me. I can never be complacent. I, I couldn't be complacent at that level. But for him, from but for where him, he and comes I respect from. that. I have no problem yeah. with that. Like there's no there's no there's no like not everybody can be. But what I'm saying, like he, if you take that and you apply it to his guys, like Chef, like they're always pretty happy guys. They are. And it's because he, he's saying to us, it's like, well, yeah, they show up, they put in, they, they show up, they do a good day's work, and they know they're going to get paid for it. And I'm like, I'm, I'm either, I'm, and like I took a, took a moment, I'm still digesting this because this happened today. And I'm like, is, like, am I okay with that being the American dream? Because like, I feel like, like, do you come here just to get paid? Like just to do like, or do you come here for greatness? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like, because like it was always sold greatness. to me. It was always sold to me that like you came here because you wanted you wanted to go to the top. Yeah, like you wanted a chance to to leave your mark on the world. And maybe, maybe, maybe I was wrong. Well, that's that's going to lead us into our next uh, segment that we have next time. Yeah. Right. We're gonna we'll we'll I'll shove it down your throats now so you can think about it for a week and we'll bring it back to you next week. Or maybe we'll get excited and record in a couple of days. But either way. Live with the rest. No. No. Fucked it fucked. up. Fucked. I got it. No, you do it. You live you live with the best. You what no. The true thing is you fuck with the best, you die with the rest. Meaning you're gonna die. Everyone dies the same way. They die, right? Nobody dies. Like, how you die may be different, but everybody dies. 
The question is, while you're on earth, are you going to fuck with the mediocre? Or are you going to fuck with the best? Or are you going to be like the rest? Right? You want to fuck with the best because you're still going to die like everybody else. So while you're here on earth, you must fuck with the best. And that's what I, what I really want to talk about. And we'll get into that next week. And you heard it here first. Thursday Thick. This is week two. Thanks for tuning in. Get out there. Get your American dream. Thanks for listening to this episode of the After 5 Podcast. We're growing fast, but we need to grow faster. I have a small favor to ask of all of you. If you have been listening to our show and appreciate it, get anything from it. Benefits, maybe a laugh. Maybe you realize there's someone dumber out there than you. Whatever it is, rate our show, share our show. Get in touch with us. Send us a message. We've got stickers. We've got t-shirts. We're giving them out. Let us know you exist. Send us a message. Share the show. Thanks for listening.